Welcome back to Politodoxy. I'm Aaron Friedman. I have seen the people who are attacking billionaires without any um, logic behind their attacks. Although the attacks are always well-deserved because these are the overlords who think they control everything and they do think they are God to an extent. Not all of them. Let's take Elon Musk, for example. He actually seems to be on the right path, although not correct on every issue. But, you know, you can't be correct on literally everything. You can't be right on everything. So he is more or less in the right state of mind, I would say. So he does things that are great, sometimes not so great. But, you know, you can't, you can't always win. But we have seen a lot of billionaires who have been polluting our waters and their huge conglomerate corporations and the overall just then all these monopolies and industries that have been lying to us about you shouldn't be eating meat you should be eating i cannot believe i'm saying this cereal you should be eating cereal but not meat because cereal is somehow healthier that's what i don't remember which uh governmental agency health governmental agency said so but this is this is all driven by a market that is controlled by monopolies, giving money to so-called scientists to convince you to eat sugar, to eat all kinds of chemicals instead of actually eating food that is healthy for you. So the shills in the conservative movement who always take the side of the billionaires whenever they get attacked by the left, and the left, when they attack the billionaires, they never... Most of the time, they don't really attack them on things that that merit a response. They would attack billionaires on things that they actually did good things at the start. Let's say, let's just let's just say Rockefeller. Let's take him. The left hates Rockefeller. Why? Because he was a billionaire, and it was the Rockefeller, the um, Carnegie, and all the rest of the um, so-called. Gilded Age billionaires. So they hate those guys because why? I don't really know. I really don't know. They were monopolies, but guess what? This is the this is the crazy thing about these monopolies, which I do hate, and it's good that we broke them up. Yes, all fine. Yes, I agree. But the crazy thing is, at least they had a moral compass. These monopolies, like it or not, they did have a moral compass, which they made they made all products cheaper. They made everything much more efficient, so everybody could afford all kinds of new things, all kinds of new technologies. Nowadays, you really you don't have that nowadays, but back then, you had billionaires who were they were brought up on a moral order, and they shared their wealth, and it was a much more it was a much more interesting time. I'll say that much. So. The left, they hate those guys. Why? Because they were billionaires, period. That's it. There is no way of making a billion dollars, according to the left, that would indicate that you worked for this. Now, let me preface this with also saying that nowadays billionaires, I do not believe that they made their money square. All square. I do not believe it. First, let's take... Uh, also, we'll just take the Rockefellers for um, um, J um, John Rockefeller. We'll just take him. He actually also did some dirty tricks to get where he was, but at the end of the day, it was a net um, it was a net benefit to uh, to the country. So, you know, I don't really like 
attacking him that much because while he was a monopoly, he did not act as a monopoly, meaning he did not raise prices just to get richer. He bought out the competition, he did all kinds of dirty tricks, but at the end of the day, he made everything cheaper. So he did not, he did not enrich his own life just so to make other people suffer. So with nowadays billionaires, I, I just don't see it. I don't see it with nowadays the billionaire class. So when I see all kinds of debates happening on Twitter, I saw one in particular when where a liberal was uh, just just went off on billionaires in general, attacking them, and then the conservative side quickly went on to defend them. I was like, why are you defending these people? Why are we? Why is it billionaires good, billionaires bad? Why can't we have this billionaire good, that billionaire bad? Why specifically this, this, and that? Why can't we have a nuanced conversation explaining exactly who is doing good, who is doing bad? Not only that, I mean, you conservatives, I mean, we conservatives, aren't we the ones trying to get rid of these people with their, uh, with their money in politics, su such as George Soros? Now his son, apparently, has taken over, and he's, by the way, much worse. Aren't we trying to get rid of these people? So instead of thinking, oh, we need to take always the side of the billionaires because there's no way they could have been, they, there's no way they could be so corrupt. Of course they're corrupt. Of course they are corrupt, all of them, basically. More or less to uh, all of them, generally speaking. But of course they are corrupt. And we should investigate every single instance and their money of the, particularly the one with George Soros or his son, we should have, we should open an investigation into him. And I know, I know some people will be like, yeah, but that's targeting. You can't target specific, specifically the billionaires. I wouldn't be opposed targeting specifically the billionaires. You know why? Because at least that way you, the IRS wouldn't be targeting mom and pop shops. At least they wouldn't be targeting the average American citizen. You know what? Turn the IRS into a weapon against the billionaires and every single billionaire that has been ripping us off all this time should pay the price. How about that? Why is the, I the IRS shouldn't exist in the first place? We all understand this. But why, uh, if the IRS does exist, why isn't it going, again, uh, going after the billionaires? It should be going after them. They're the ones with the cash. But no, we're going to spend, we're going to have 78,000 new IRS agents to go after you. So I would turn the IRS against the billionaires. Should the billionaires start lobbying to get rid of the IRS? That's how we get rid of them. I think that I think that is a pretty good idea. The IRS shouldn't exist. We all understand this, but at least, and also, also, it shouldn't exist. And since it exists, it's going to be used as a weapon, and it is being used as a weapon. Period. If it's going to be used as a weapon, at least it should be should be weaponized against people who are always working against your interest. What I'm saying is, since it is, as a matter of fact, why should you be the one to suffer? Why? It is. I know uh, there are there are some with pure uh, pure-hearted conservatives who would say, "No, you shouldn't." Okay, I hear what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. But it is practically speaking, it is as a matter of fact. So turn it against the people who can defend themselves, such as billionaires. I, I think billionaires do have the lawyers. They have the they have all the know-how and the legal muscle to take care of themselves. But not everybody, as a, as a matter of fact, the vast majority of people don't. So it should be, if since it is going to be weaponized, weaponizes it against 
the billionaire class, which is kind of interesting to see all you Bernie bros, if you're listening to me and you are a real socialist. Yeah, you voted for Biden. If you did. If you didn't, then good for you, because at least you stay true to your own values. And if you're voting for Bernie Sanders, uh, then, I mean, you you are voting for somebody who is just acting as if he's a jester. He's not really a socialist. I mean, look at him. He's making millions of dollars and you are still, well, yeah, vote Bernie Sanders. You are complete, uh, you are complete and utter moron. If you still are a Bernie bro, so-called. But whatever. For all you so-called so- socialists, if you voted for Biden, you voted for the worst form of capitalism, crony capitalism. Literally, this guy has sent his son all around the world making millions of dollars, doing all kinds of corrupt deals, and you guys still voted for this guy. Why? Because he's better than Trump. Why is he better than Trump? Because Trump is a capitalist. Yeah, but he's a crony capitalist. At least Trump, you know exactly where he stands. You know exactly. He's capitalist. Okay, fine. We all understand this. But with Biden, he's act he's acting like this weird octopus having all his tentacles onto all these weird crony crony capitalist deals and you still vote for him it's hilarious you guys are are complete clowns you are the clowns of the realm of politics you guys cannot be taken seriously unless you vote really vote your ideals also this guy don't don't forget this guy also funding the war in ukraine traditionally the socialists so-called are against war i mean they they don't they don't really show it nowadays but Traditionally speaking, the leftist socialists, they were against the, the war in Vietnam. So, I just, I'm just wondering, where are you right now? Well, we have seen some people criticizing uh, AOC and uh, other politicians, and good for them. Good for them, by the way. Good for them for actually calling out these people. But where is the rest of, where is the rest of you? If you just devoted a little bit more time from the Antifa guys going and protesting um, the next, uh, the next uh, I don't know, Disney movie for being a little bit, for being racist, according to your standard, which is not a real standard, but whatever. Just a little bit more time of that, dedicated to protesting the war, I think you might actually do something good in this world for a change, just for a little bit. But no, you're complete, you are also complete shills. You are complete chills to the crony capitalist system that is ruling America. You think you are, you are the resistance? Literally every big corporation stands behind you. Why do you think they fund you? Why do you think? So you leave them alone. You're LARPing. You're live action role playing. You're not doing anything of worthy of note. But for some reason you still think you're doing something. No, you're not. You are a puppet. And they have their hands so off, so far up your rear end. You don't, you've, you've become numb to that. And then you have on the, by the way, and I started this entire conversation with attacking on the conservative side. Why are we always taking the sides of the billionaires? We hate these guys. All, basically, the vast majority of them support Democrats. If we see the left attack billionaires, let them do it. Let them attack their own. Why do we care? Let them attack Bill Gates. Let them attack all the billionaires out there, which, by the way, Bill Gates should also be investigated. And if there is something uh, to be found there, crimes, he should be punished accordingly. Which, by the way, there are, I mean, 
When you're friends with Jeffrey Epstein, I do think there is something we can find there. Oh, speaking of, what about that list? How many billionaires were on that list? I wonder. But we're not gonna talk about that. Where's the left? Oh, oh I forgot. Yeah, the left, um, they are actually pro-groomer. So, I don't know where we could continue from that for the left. But, we have a huge problem in the conservative movement. The shills who are shilling for the billionaires, always taking the billionaire side without actually asking the question, okay, is this particular billionaire worth defending? Always ask the question, is this particular billionaire worth defending? Elon Musk, obviously he's worth defending. Why? Well, one thing, he's not an elitist. He is part of the elite. Now, there's a difference. You don't have to be part of the elite to be an elitist. But he is part of the elite. He's a billionaire. He has all the, he has all the celebrity with him. But he's not an elitist. He does not think, at least right now, things could change, you know. But at least right now, he does not see himself as better than you in any way. He obviously... And by the way, and how do we know this? How can we actually tell? Maybe he's just putting on a play. You know how? Because when somebody makes fun of himself, has no problem, and actually, he, does, he takes very well to jokes. Elon Musk takes very well to jokes, even against himself. So that's how we know. He doesn't have that much a huge ego. He has a pretty... He, has, he is pretty in control of himself and knows exactly where he stands. So we all, we all can agree on this, that... This guy, he seems, at the very least, he seems that he's on the good side. He, he's not always correct, he's not always right, but you, there's no person on earth that is always correct and always right, or who will always agree with you. So, and by the way, this is what I heard about, um, I heard this from Dennis Prager, and although I, I understand, I had the concept already, but the words, I didn't have the words, uh, how he explained it. He called it a moral bank account. It's basically every time somebody says something very, uh, say, says something moral and good and something that you agree with, then you make a deposit. And every time that person says something that you disagree with or something that it goes against your values, then you make a withdrawal. And now that depends how many times have you made a deposit and how much. Now that depends. But Elon Musk uh, uh, apparently as he seems, seems to be on the good side. So his, his bank, the bank account that he has, I'm not talking financially, I'm just talking about the moral bank account, seems to be full of, seems to be full, I would say 75% or so. Again, he's a liberal. We all, as, as conservatives, we understand he's a liberal. We shouldn't be looking for him for moral guidance. We already d discussed this in a previous episode. But, we shouldn't be looking for him for moral guidance or anything ab about how we should behave, but he's on our side, more or less. He's on our side. So he's a billionaire worth defending until, we'll see, until if we find something that would disprove otherwise. That would prove otherwise, I meant. But till then, he's worth defending. Now, we should be looking at all the other billionaires. Anytime the left goes and attacks billionaires, now we should we should def decide if we should or shouldn't defend them, and if it's worth even going after them. Some a lot of billionaires out there might be worth going after them. For I mean, a lot of them they 
they fund these uh, organizations, they fund all these movements from the left. They are destroying our, they destroyed our cities, they destroyed so many lives and people. I think at this point, they should get what they, they have coming for them. And if that translates into investigations, prison time, and so on and so forth, it's not my problem. Also, just one more small point I wanted to make on what I just said earlier about going after the billionaires with the IRS. As I said, just as a matter of fact, it's going after you. The IRS is going to be geared against you and attacking you. Then you should you should use it against, uh, against um, the people who could at least defend themselves and the people who have made all this money. And we just know, as a matter of fact, they probably did some shady things behind the scenes. So... Anyway, we can send the IRS without even feeling guilty about it because you don't get to be a billionaire nowadays and just and it just happened. Oh, you just became a billionaire? No, no, I don't think so. There are probably some things that that happened. But I just also want to make this very clear that this is also a means to an end. This isn't just going after the billionaires for just going after the billionaires' sake, although a lot of them deserve it. But this is about getting rid of the IRS as well. So, how do you get rid of them? Uh, uh, how do you do that? Well, you use it against the billionaires. They would start lobbying against it, as I said earlier. But this also goes for all the other organi- uh, all the other weaponizations that has been happening against conservatives. The FBI, the CIA, and so on. All this... All the abuses of power that has happened against conservatives, conservatives need to do the same thing to liberals. But do, but why shouldn't I endorse using the same tactics the left uses against us? Why? Somebody please explain to me why. Well, we might, we are just as bad as them. Oh, congratulations! The principled guy is gonna gonna save the world. You principled people have lost us the entire culture up until this point, and then you're gonna lecture me. Oh, you can't say we should spy on the left. Oh, you can't say that they're dis- they're trying to destroy this country, and you admit as much. But no, we gotta stay principled. If we die, at least we died principled. I, I mean, I just don't want to die. How about that? I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Oh, crazy! That's crazy. It's a crazy idea, isn't it? But of course, we should go after the left. The same way, I'm not saying we should we should take this beyond. Uh, beyond what has happened, I'm saying the same things they did to us, we should be doing to them. How about that? If they did spy, then I'm saying don't spy on them. How about that? If they didn't spy, then don't spy on them back. But if they did, then use the same abuse that they did. And this is, and again, this isn't be abusive for the for the sake of being abusive. I say be abusive with these agencies against them. Fire all the people who could sabotage you and get in your people in there so they are loyal only to you. Why? Why am I saying that oh, it's fascist? Oh, what is happening till now is not fascist. So forget about that. But why am I saying this? To get them to the table. This is the only way we get the other side to the table because they won't. They just won't approach even the table to figure out exactly what rules or what transparency rule, rules we can put out there to actually fix, fix the problem. So this is about getting the other side to the table so we could figure out exactly what rules we could put down on the table so we both abide by the same rules. So this isn't just be abusive, just be abusive because they were abusive, we're going to be abusive, which is also, by the way, a, ju- a very good justification. But this isn't my point. My point is, we, I'm trying, what I want is 
be abusive as they were in order to bring them to the table, force their hand and bring them to the negotiating table. So this isn't just be abusive and to do revenge. This isn't about revenge for me, although it'll be very sweet if it happens. This is about, for me, this is about getting transparency laws into effect. And it's not going to happen if somebody, how about this, if somebody out there has a way to bring in these uh, new transparency laws and new, new rules and contingencies that would protect us from these abuses, then I would say, okay, I'm ready. I'm all ears. I'm ready. But until then, I say just do what they did to you. That's all I'm saying. This country is falling apart. And not doing anything, it just being principled and... I'm sorry. You guys, the people who have been principled all this time, they can't be taken seriously. They are the guys who would be written on their tomb tombstone here lies conservative so-and-so. Imagine if it were the other way around. That's what's going to be written on their tombstone. Why? Because that's all they have to say. The, all they bring to the table, they don't bring any solutions to the table. They just say, don't do what they did to you. And imagine if it were the other way around. That's, that's all they have. I bring a substance. You may not like it. You may criticize it. I'm all open for all... Uh, for all Discussion, criticize, analyze, whatever you have to do, do it. But I'm bringing something to the table that is workable, something that we could actually implement that would force their hand. What are you bringing? What are you doing? Oh, you're being so principled. Yeah, so principled. You are the guys who have lost the culture, not us. You are the guys who have lost the culture. See all this the de the degeneracy? This is your guys' doing. Because you didn't have the balls to actually st um, step up. You, uh, We are going to play nice. We're going to play nice. These people th um, think of you as less than. What do they call you? They call you straight white male. Oh, you, it's okay to put you in prison for no apparent reason. If you march uh, in the capital. Trespassing, fine. I mean, that's it. For trespassing, that's why you're gonna, they're gonna dislocate dislocate your jaw. That's why they, that's a reason why to put you in to a prison for about three years now. Is that a good? I mean, these the other side they don't see you as human beings. They just don't. They don't see you the same way they don't see unborn children as human beings. They just don't see you that way. Just listen to my podcast episode on the that they don't see you as legitimate. They just don't. They don't care. They don't see you as something worthy of respect. So, meanwhile, you are... I will fight for the death to you. I may not disagree. I may disagree with you, but I will fight for the death to the death for you to say it. For the right to you to say it? I, no, I won't. I won't fight for the death for you for the right for you to say it. No, that's your fight. I don't care for your side. Not at least not now. But no, no. If you lose your rights, if you lose your rights, well, that's something you have been fighting for. You have been fighting for everybody else losing their rights. I wouldn't fight for the right for you to get rid of my rights. That doesn't make any freaking sense. If there is a guy out there advocating that my rights be stripped away. If, 
stripped away from me. I wouldn't call that free speech, although technically it is free speech, so I can't shut up the other guy. As long as the other guy's not threatening me. But I can't shut up the other guy. But I wouldn't call that, oh, it's free speech that needs to be protected. No. It needs to be protected from the law. The law can't attack you. But but if somebody else attacks and disrupts your free speech, tough luck. I don't care. I'll laugh in your face. Good. Very good. You don't deserve a voice. I wouldn't take it away because I have no right of taking taking away that um, so-called free speech. I have no right to take it away. But if somebody else takes it away, it's not my problem. You are trying to strip my rights and I have to protect yours in the process? Absolutely not. Somebody explain this logic to me. We have been... There are so many things that we have been repeating over and over and over again as if it's true. As Here's one. That don't attribute something to malice that could be explained by stupidity. Meaning... Don't, if you see somebody doing something that could be evil or could be bad, just don't don't think that other person is evil, just think that the other person is stupid. And and so many people has, have accepted this, and I, I just want to ask the question, why? Is that some kind of principle, some kind of truth that we should all live by? I mean, and those people will answer, yes, I, I mean, why? Where's the proof in that? What is the logic behind that? Why? Are you saying there aren't evil people? Yeah, there are evil people, but... But in general terms, why? Why in general terms? We have been seeing this this new age of evil throughout the world. Uh, I mean, throughout the world is one thing. But also within the United States, and for some reason we have to think, no, they're just stupid. Oh, they, they just don't know. Yes, it's true. A lot of them don't know. It's true. We understand this. But why am I to think when we still don't have the Jeffrey Epstein client list? Oh, that's just because oh, they are... In, they are it's not because they're evil, it's because the process is slow, it's, it's, it's stupid, you know, it's not really, it's not happening that fast because it's not efficient. Oh, really? Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's what I'm going to believe. No. We repeat these things that we hear from childhood and now it, as if it's true. We don't really criticize or analyze anything that we're taught. Liberals who are who are brought up to be liberal, most of them stay liberal and the same with the conservative side, and we've seen a lot of stupidity from both sides. For some reason, we don't criticize, analyze, and critique everything. But no, we're only going to critique the other side. No, you have to do it within your own mind. All day, you have to do this. This is a, this is a practice you have to do. And question yourself constantly. We've been taught all kinds of things and about um, you should believe this, you should believe that. Well, this saying, that saying, no, 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 no. Sorry. It doesn't work like that. You gotta actually figure it out for yourself. Nobody out there is going to um, gonna wake you up. Nobody's gonna wake you up from the slumber. You're just gonna, if you don't wake yourself up, you're gonna stay uh, mentally where you are. And you're going to be manipulated by people who teach you uh, these things. Let's take McCarthyism, for example. It didn't exist. I know, I know. Oh, my God, I can't believe. Did you actually? Did you actually research the, the person named McCarthy, um, um, Joseph McCarthy? Did you research him? Did you see exactly what happened at the time period? No, you didn't. You just heard there was something called censorship. They called it McCarthyism. Why? Because there was some guy at the time named Senator Joe McCarthy, and he asked some questions, and that's why there was McCarthyism. Did you actually research the time period? No, you didn't, but 
but you still use leftist slang terms because you were brought up on these things. McCarthyism didn't exist. And the vast majority of the things they call McCarthyism, the vast majority of the censorship and all that, did not even happen, did not even stem from Joe McCarthy himself. He did one thing in the Senate that was separate than all the other things that is attributed to the ideology so-called McCarthyism. But McCarthyism just d doesn't exist. It's not a thing. It never happened. Literally never happened. But you were taught, oh, there was this thing called McCarthyism. Oh, yes, it's so, so scary. What, what was McCarthyism? Yeah, there were, there were Soviet spies in the State Department, and we tried to figure out exactly who they were, so we, so we, brought, uh, we brought legislation and we brought um, investigations and all of those things to question them, and the Democrats screamed. They were upset that we would question their guys. So that is basically McCarthyism. There are so many things that you have been taught just, just to believe, oh, the billionaires? The billionaires from the Gilded Age? The Gilded Age didn't exist. There was no such thing as the Gilded Age. The Gilded Age, Gilded means it was, uh, it was paved over with, um, with, um, just paved over. Gilded Golden Age. It was paved with gold, as, but it wasn't real gold, but it was fake. No, it was actually real. The lives of Americans improved tremendously at that time. What are you even talking about? No, because, you know why? Because it was one of the great advancements of the American economy. That's why the left, they hate it, because they hate America. That's all it is, there is to it. They hate America. They hate that we had one of the greatest advancements with all these billionaires, the ones who were pushing it. That's why they call it the Gilded Age. Was there corruption? Of course. Were there monopolies? Of course. We got rid of those things. It was, but what, it was still one of the great times in America. Well, yeah, but there was child labor. Guess what? We got rid of it. Guess what? We got rid of it. There was uh, all these other corruption. Correct. What did we do because of it? We got rid of it. And so on. Vietnam War. The Tet Offensive. They lied about that. The Tet Offensive. We won the Tet Offensive. Let's take the Vietnam War, by the way. There were four Vietnam Wars. I know, I know it sounds crazy, but there were four that we were particularly involved in. First one was a war, the, what I call the Vietnam War of Independence. That was the war um, after the Japanese came, uh, came into Vietnam. They fought against the Japanese, World War II, and we helped them out. We had the OSS officers over there that we trained their guys, and we beat the Japanese. So that was the, what I call the Vietnam War of Independence. Then the second Vietnam War was the French coming back. They owned Vietnam beforehand, so now they come back and they say, well, Vietnam now has to go back to being a colony of ours. And for some reason, I just can't believe it, but for some reason we took the side of the French. That is a terrible idea, never take the side of the French. But the real problem here is we were liberators, but now we're at the enemy of the Vietnam, of the Vietnamese. We were their friends, we were their allies, and then we betrayed them by, by saying, you know what, French, you could take back Vietnam. Yeah. And we sided with the French. And that's the second Vietnam War. The third Vietnam War. Now, that's the big one that everybody talks about. We lost the Vietnam War. Guess what I have in my possession? I have a newspaper from the Washington Post that says Vietnam War ends 1973. The Vietnam War ended in 1973. What happened? Oh, you know what happened? Richard Nixon signed a peace with North and South Vietnam. We won the Vietnam War. 
I know it's crazy to say that we won the Vietnam War after and it has been repeated over and over again that we lost. No, we actually did win the Vietnam War. Just as a matter of fact, technically speaking, we did win it. The war in Vietnam was to keep the South independent from the North, keep the South, and we did. 1973, peace was signed. So we won the Vietnam War. Then we took out all of our troops from Vietnam. Maybe we left some, uh, maybe a thousand or so, whatever. We left some just to uh, just to be there because we can't, apparently, we can't take out everything because neocon business, but whatever. We left some troops, but we withdraw all of our troops basically from Vietnam. Then we have the fourth war of Vietnam War. That is the one that we so-called lost, but we didn't have any troops in there. So we didn't, we weren't really, I mean, we were kind of involved in that, but not as an army. And, and by the way, just, just so you understand, that was actually the Democrats doing, because the Vietnamese at the time, they admitted as much that they would be taking only one or two villages slowly. And if the Americans, they get involved and they would just return, they, they, they understood they cannot win. So they said, we, we're just going to go slowly, just take a little bit. And what, what did the Democrats do? Well, we promised them $1.5 billion. $1.5 billion. $1.5 billion. That's it. How much money we're spending in Ukraine? Well, this is only $1.5 billion. And the Democrats said, no, we're going to only pay, we're only going to send them $750 million. Half. So, so when you have somebody who's drowning 100 feet into water and you only send them a rope of 50 feet, only half of that, that person is still going to drown. You have to send the whole 100 feet. But Democrats cut it in half and sent only of $750. 700, sorry, $750 million to the South Vietnamese. The whole idea was that they would defend themselves. So the Vietnam, we did not lose. In other words, we did not lose the Vietnam War. That's a complete and utter lie. Only in the most technical sense of the word, if you want to use the, if you want to go by, well, we lost the proxy war, that's correct. If you want to say we lost the Vietnamese proxy war, we did. Yes, as a matter of fact. But we did not lose the Vietnam War, the, the big one, the one that we all talk about. We won that. We had peace established. That was the whole point of it. I saw Kennedy, actually, Robert Kennedy Jr., uh, talk about how all the, uh, basically everybody in Washington, they were all neocons and they all wanted to push the Vietnam War, which is correct. And by the way, uh, John F. Kennedy, he actually started uh, the Vietnam War to an extent. He sent in his guy, uh, um, troops there for offensive missions, but then it technically started actually under Johnson, but whatever. Point is this, that... Nixon, that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. said that everybody there wanted to continue the Vietnam War and only his father stood against it. Uh, maybe, yeah, I could say, yes, your father stood against it. I understand that. But guess who ended it? Richard Nixon ended it. Oh, and there's a whole bunch of lies against Richard Nixon as well. Take Watergate. We're not going to debunk it here because we already talked in previous episodes. Just go back to previous episodes and listen to that, then you'll understand exactly where I'm coming from. But it's also, the Watergate story is also complete bogus. But Richard Nixon ended the Vietnam War. Does he get credit for that? No, we don't even talk about that. 
We don't talk about that. We just say we lost the Vietnam War. No, we won the Vietnam War. The Democrats lost the lost the second one. I what I'm calling the second one, the second one, which is the 1975, um, where we so-called lost. But we won the first one, which is the um, up until 1973. So-called lost the second. And then there are the two previous ones, which we don't really qualify that as the Vietnam War, but they were wars held in Vietnam. So that's about it. The things that they taught you, almost everything they taught you about what to believe about things, is complete lie. You live under a liberal education system that is protected by the teachers' unions, and you think for one moment that these guys are... Teaching you the truth? Of course not. They're lying to you constantly. Nowadays, they're lying about the founding fathers and all, all, so many things about America. But up until this point, they still they still lied to you. But conservatives were slow on that. But they lied throughout the in, the entire time. So, what we have to do as well is get rid of public education system. We have to get rid of that. Um, federally speaking, at the very least, federally speaking, start funding more private schools and also charter schools and parochial schools. And also, if we're going to talk about a public school, that because um, there might be some places that you would that will otherwise be no schooling at all, I would say, I would say, leave it up to the states. Let the states take care of that, and the federal government has no business care of the education system. Absolutely not. And if we're going to talk, and if there are going to be people who are going to be very upset, oh, how can you even say that? What about what about um, literacy and all of that? What about that? Um, we did not have all this um, administrative state schooling. We did not have it in the in the past. But yet, for some reason, we have more, we have soldiers from the Civil War who are more literate than people who are who have smartphones in their hand. They have all the world's knowledge in their hand, but they're still less literate than people who were born in the 1800s without a, that did not go to a school. I wonder why. All right, so I guess we can end this episode right here. I thank you very much for listening, and we'll be back next time. Please leave five stars. You can leave a comment. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify, you can leave a comment. If you want to reach out to me, you can reach out to me at uh, on Twitter at Aaron Politodoxy, or you can send me an email at politodoxy at gmail.com. Please share. This is the if you want to if you really want to help me out, the best thing you can do is share. Share this episode wherever you can. This is the most important thing you can do. Thank you very much for listening, and remember, my fellow radicals, stay political. <laughs>